0: Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily. Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful to be in this place tonight. Lord, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate the good thing tonight, Lord. That was good for my soul. And I'm glad to be here tonight, Lord. I pray you help me tonight, Lord. I, I come with what I believe is what you'd have me to preach, and I just need some unction right now. I need some help, Lord. I need you to touch me. God, help me to effectively communicate the Word of God. May this churn our minds and our hearts. May it help us and strengthen us in these days. And Lord, may it bring most importantly fruit to your glory. We appreciate you, Lord. We love you. Help us tonight, we pray. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to I talk on this thought. I want to take my thought out of verse 20 here. And I want you to notice this first phrase of verse 20. And then we'll, we'll get started. But it said, but while he thought on these things. And I just want to preach a little bit tonight on thinking about Christmas. And, and, and I think it's very interesting. In Matthew chapter number 1, we find the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first 17 verses there talk about that. And then following, we, we found the announcement of Christ's birth. And, and, and you see here, starting in verse number 18, it's, uh, it talks about that, that Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And, and I want you to just kind of think here for a second. And then it, said, uh, then it said, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily you know what we find in verse 9 we find a lot about the character of Joseph and how he handled the situation now I'll just be real honest with you if you stop here and think for a second he's getting ready to marry Mary and and she's pregnant and she tells him I've not been with any man well I don't know about you all but I'm going to just say you're a liar that's what I'm thinking I mean how are you supposed to believe that one Right? How, how you, I mean, think about it for a second. That's, that's not the way that it works. Right? I mean, I'm just thinking about how I would react in the situation. And I'm thinking about Joseph. And I notice how you could tell a lot. There's not a lot in the Bible about Joseph. But the Bible calls him a just man. And you can see his character right here was godly in the way he handled things. But I want you to think about it. He was thinking about all these things. I mean, his whole life was planned ahead of him. All these things. And then this comes up. And I mean... He ain't got no words, I'm sure he was speechless. Sure, he had all kinds of things, and and that's a whole other part of a uh, message. But I was thinking about how he was thinking on these things, and I think it's interesting that prior to the birth of Christ, we find that that Joseph was uh, thinking about the, all that had conspired here, all that was going on, and and you'll find later on in Luke two that Mary, that she pondered in her things after he was born. At which that word ponder, a uh, brother Michael was talking to me yesterday, he said had even pictures a deeper thinking. I mean, both of them were thinking about Christ and the things concern His birth. And, and may I say, I think it would be good for you and I just to give some more thought to Christmas. The Bible teaches us a lot about giving our minds over to the Scriptures. I want you to think about this for a second. We have more control over what we think about than what we think we do. You know, uh, we're, we're, I kind of picture my, our minds somewhat are kind of like a ship out at sea in a storm. Let me say something to you. If you let the world guide your mind, it will. If you let the devil guide your mind, he will. But God's given us a sound mind. and God says you can guide your mind and we're supposed to. And we're supposed to get our mind upon the Word of God. I mean, you can go throughout Scripture and find that word meditate. Uh, It's found over in Joshua 1 and 8. The first person that has ever had the written Word of God that was um, given the duty to read the Word of God, God tells him to meditate on it. Think about it. Give our minds over to it. Now, that's what I want to do. I want I hope tonight that I can churn your mind to give thought to the Word of God, especially about this, because I believe it can help you. Just Psalm 1 and 2 talks about the blessed man. Everybody wants to be blessed, right? Well, it tells us that the blessed man meditates on his Word day and night. May I say, the Bible said in Psalm 26, or Isaiah 26 and 2, Him whose mind is stayed on he, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. We find about Philippians 4, where it tells us that we're to pray about everything. Thing, not worry, but that next verse we leave out, and Paul says, but th- or verse 80 says, Think on these things. God will give you peace, but if you want to keep it, you got to keep your mind on the right things. And and, then we see here, uh, I think about in Psalm 119, the the chapter about the Word of God. I mean, the longest chapter in the Bible. It's got all the way through, I think, except maybe four verses that have not a mention of the Word of God. And I counted, and I know I didn't get them all. I I have it written down somewhere at home. But at least six times it talks about the word meditate in some form. That's on purpose, by the way. What I believe is, in a time where there's not a lot of thinking going on. We're in the think not generation. You know what amusement is? Amusement is not thinking. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against every now and then give our, giving our minds a rest. You go to a day of work, you want to rest for a moment. But may I say something to you? We ought to be people that are keeping our minds upon the word of God. And and I believe specifically in this story that this account can help us today. And I want to look at this. There are some things that we can see regarding the announcement of the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, that tells us some things about God that can help us right here in 2022. You realize all God, from Genesis to Revelation, God is revealing Himself to us. He's revealing his nature. He's revealing his character. And and may I say, for I am the Lord, I change not. May may I tell you something? His nature ain't changing. His character ain't changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hey, he's not going to change. And you know what? That can help us because if God operates and and he does in this time, then he'll do it now. I like that. I like when I think no thing. there's the one consistency in the inconsistent world is we know that God ain't going to change. I mean, that ought to make us get happy for a little bit. I mean, not all the times in our life is it always bad times, but let me say something to you. When there's things are going rough, you like to find some, some solid ground to get on. Well, we can find it on Him. And I just want to look for a few things tonight. I think about, think about this Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing. By the word of God, there's no doubt in my mind that we can grow our faith by giving our minds over to this account here. I just want to look at a few things. This just want to even be exhaustive, but notice this. I want the first thing I want you to see is I think we need to give our minds to this story because we can see God's power. Notice verse 20. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm going to explain this to you the very best that I can. What that says is Only God could do that. That's that's about as clear and plain as I can put it to you. You say, what happened here? Let me say what happened here. God happened here. That's what happened. There ain't no no scientific medical thing. I mean, let me tell you, for all the science and things can do, let me say, you know what, they'll find out. They'll say it's impossible, but I want to say something to you. Not when God shows up. Not when God shows up. May I say something to you? For Mary to be with child without a seed of a man, it is impossible with man. But Luke 18, 27 tells us, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Can I say something to you? That same power showed right here. Hey, he's still got the same power today. If I say something to you, we're going to look at what he's trying to accomplish. Let me say, what we see is God's power accomplishing God's will. Can I say, in 2022, in the state, uh, in, in the state of America, like America's never been since maybe your foundation. Maybe we've not had as much uh, political unrest as we've ever had. Maybe it's never divided as we are. I don't know. Uh, I, I, can't, I didn't live all the way through America, but I can say this. It's pretty bad. And I mean all these things that could point against us and says, well, you can't do that. You can't do this and you can't do that. Can I say something to you? God's power is still available to the church today in spite of all the things they say we can't do that can't be done, let me say something to you. Hey, he's still on the throne. God has the power. Tom was talking about this morning. I thought about this today. You know what? God moved all the pieces to get all of these things in line, the prophecies that was in this thing. And listen, if the pieces wouldn't have moved, God could have just shook the board and it would have done it. He's in total control. I'm talking about looking right here, I'm, uh, think about this, a certain place. Not only for his birth, he had to get him to where he was, but I'm talking about a certain place. He was going to be of a certain tribe, of a certain country, of a certain race. I'm talking about, we're, we're talking about some amazing things here, And a certain time. There was a certain time, the fullness of time was coming. Listen, and I mean, I'm talking about, hey, we can't even get on time sometimes, just a normal life. Making it to work on time. Making it to church on time. Even to a certain person. May I say, there were more virgins in Israel than Mary. That's a true statement. There was more nations in the world than Israel, but he he picked this nation. And he picked this time, and he not even picked this person, but he, he narrowed it down to a specific person. And may I say something to you? He was not thrown off, not moved away, not stopped. He wasn't even sweating up there wondering, are we going to be able to do that? I mean, when they were thinking this thing out before the foundation of the world, do you think they sat up there and said, well, I mean, I can imagine the trio in heaven, the Holy Ghost and Jesus and the Father. He said, well, you got to go at this time. Now, he said, Lord, look what we got to do. Look at all the things that we have to arrange. He wasn't sweating. What I want y'all to grasp is tonight, he's still in control. This is is an amazing, our our minds can't even imagine. I mean, I'm lucky sometimes to get my car into control with my kids in it. Listen, y'all volunteer for the nursery. Yeah. And I'm talking about a whole world lined up. Whole world lined up. I mean, he even had it so lined up. He, listen, he wasn't surprised when there wasn't no room in the end. You mean, wait, there ain't no vacancies? You think, I'm talking about he's in total control. And if we'll think about this, you say, well, why does this matter? Because he still is in total control. Today, even in the church, listen, he still has the power. He's still in control. That's why we can do all that God has asked us to because he's on the throne. The Bible says this in Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, According to the power that worketh in us, may I say, everything God has called this church to do and us individually to do, His power is available to help us do it. In spite of everything you can put up, there's no vacancies, the, the political climate. You think, I don't know how good the political climate was back in? I'm sure people were mad that they had to pay more taxes. Right? I'm sure there was people who was upset that they had to travel back to where they came from. But guess what? They went back. He's in total control. So it may look, look to, to the world, it may look like we are uh, have less of an opportunity, less impact. I may say something to you. He's still in control. His power is still available. And we can live and operate in that power, and we should. And we ought to think about, when we think about Christmas, we ought to think about, hey, he's got the power. To, I'm talking about he has the power to bring God into this world. This has never happened. This is the impossibility. I'm talking about God himself came down. He could have come from just riding on a cloud, and he'll do that one day. He could have come right. But you know what? He came by the way of impossibility. He came down here in robed flesh. And walked among us. And I'm talking, I mean, I could preach for, for, and I don't even have it all, know it all. But you could never exhaust this subject about how amazing this is. But we ought to give our minds to the God's power. Notice verse 21. Not only do we see God's power in here, and that ought to help us. But we see God's plan. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Joseph totally has been caught off guard, whatever you want to say it has, I'm sure, a billion questions, right? And God shows up. After he gets thinking about these things, the angel of the Lord shows up. I'm glad when God meets us in the time we need him. Can I say something to you? I don't know where you're at in here tonight, but let me say something. God's got a word for your situation. There's a word in your... It don't matter if you're on the top, if you're on the bottom, if you're left or right, let me say something. God has a word for you, and he'll help you. There's a word to help you, but I want you to think about this for a second. It says, verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. You know what we see here? We see God's plan. Think about this. All that Joseph was, I can't imagine what he's feeling going in. And God shows up and says, Here's what's going to happen, son. Now, God had already said that in the Old Testament. But he said, Here's what's going to happen, son. He said, She's going to have this child, and you're going to name him Jesus. But I want you to notice what he said to him in the midst of it. He said, fear not. You know what he was telling him? He was saying, you can trust my will. You can trust my plan. I'm sure he had thoughts about what society was going to think. Here he's engaged and she's praying. What what is everybody going to say about it? It's going to be the talk of the town. How's he going? I mean, do you think about, hold on, think about the weight about this. I mean, it's not just that he was uh, taking on a son. It was that, listen, that was God's only begotten son. Talking about the weight? Talking about some pressure? You're telling me God's only begotten, I'm going to have to help be a part of the life of God's only begotten son? Think about that. Now, he was the perfect child. So praise God for that. Amen. I'd be shouting her down right there. If I had that responsibility, thank God he was perfect. Okay? But think about this for a second. All that weight. You know what you do? In your life, you feel the weight. Supposed to live this way at work? It's not the popular way. I'm supposed to to do this and do this when people don't appreciate it, people don't care. got to make tough decisions when your family don't understand, people get mad at you. You do things and people people don't think you like them because you're just trying to obey the word. You feel all that weight, you feel all that pressure. God says, fear not, trust my will. God says, trust my plan. He says, trust my word. That fear not was on the basis of his word. He said, Joseph, listen to me, son. This is going to happen. You can trust me. You know what God wants you to realize? God wants you to bank your life on the word of God. It's sometimes we are salmons going upstream. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we feel the things, the weight, the afflictions. I mean, think about most of the New Testament's written from a prison cell. Fear not, Paul. Paul realized it. He said, I'm not in the chains of this world. I'm in bondage to Jesus Christ. He was as free as he could be. And getting probably three meals a day. I don't know. Fear not, if he was it. If he was in America, get free meals and TV. If he's in America, that's a whole nother message. But can I say something to you? You can trust His will today. You can trust His word today. It may look awkward to the world. It may bring some tension. It may bring some things. But well, let me say something to you. You know what He's telling you is, you can trust Me. That's what the Word of God is teaching us. God says, trust Me. I will lead, just what he's telling Joseph. I mean, you, he, he had a, I'm sure even after this conversation he had a billion questions. I mean, I, we're still wondering how in the world he did it. Well, he did it. But he was telling Joseph, listen, trust me. Can I say we can trust God's will for our lives today. In 2022, he'll never lead us astray or off the wrong path. We can trust him. And we are got to do that by trusting his word. When all we see God's power and God's plan... But we see God's purpose. Verse number 21. Notice this. He told him what he was going to do. And then he says, for he shall save his people from their sins. May I say something to you? Jesus came to save sinners. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you say, why are we talking about Christmas? Why do we, why do we uh, preach about this? Because that's why Jesus came. He was born. He said, for this end was I born. When he was going to the cross, listen, he was going to finish the work that he came to do. And that was to pay the penalty and the price for the sins of all mankind. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we can find throughout the Bible, God has never done anything without a purpose to it. We may, we may do things and have no purpose, but let me say something to you. He always has a purpose. And let me tell you something. In the times of life, and you're going to have these where you don't understand, where you can't see the end, where you're in the storm, where you're in the valley and you're wondering all these things. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Can I say, God, has? there is a divine purpose for every single season of your life. You don't go anywhere that he don't know about. And you don't go into anything he wasn't already aware of. He's not operating reactively. He's operating proactively. When you write the beginning or the end from the beginning, listen to me, you don't react to things. If you know the play that's already coming, you don't have to wonder if it's going to be a run or pass. You're already ready for it. He's sovereign. And I say... We may not see or understand the purpose in the season that we're in, but let me say something to you. Don't forget this. There's a divine purpose in every season of your life. God's doing something in you, through you, for His glory. And listen, you say, well, preacher, this is the worst thing. You don't know what I'm going to Let me say something to you. Hey, the, whether it's good or whether it's bad, here's something we can rest on that God said He would do for us. The Bible said in Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things, it doesn't say good things or just good things. It doesn't say bad things. It says all things. That means all things, whether good, whether bad, work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to His purpose. Everything we go through, whether we've created it or whether we've been brought into it, there's a purpose in it and God will work it out for our good and for His glory. We can look here at the Christmas story we can look here at the announcement of the birth of Christ and we can see, you, Joseph said, well, why are you doing this? Why me? Why, why, I, why I, uh, uh the one that I'm against to, all these things? And he said, because he shall save his people from his sins. May I say, you know what we ought to want to do too? We ought to want our lives to line up with his purpose. You know, Joseph may have, he could have, he could have just bucked at this and said, well, I don't want no part of that. I don't believe that's what he did at all. And for the child of God, you know what we ought to say? If God says, I want to save people, we ought to say, hey, how do I help? That ought to be the way our hearts ought to go. We ought to want to have our purpose be His purpose. Whatever His purpose is, be our purpose. That ought to be what we want to desire is. But notice, if we think about this, we can see no matter what we're going through, there's a purpose in it. There's a lot of things in life I don't understand. But I found out, and some of them I still ain't got the answer to, Tom, but guess What? He's going to work them out for my good. I know that. I, you can ride those. Listen, until you figure it out. Maybe I won't figure it out until I get into eternity, Judy. But listen, I can ride the promise that he's working this out for my good and for his glory. That will help you in dark days. That will help you in times of storms. Think about it here. Not only do we see God's power and God's plan and God's purpose, but we can see God's prophecy. Notice verse 22 and 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Isaiah 7.14 is the reference to that verse. And it happened some 700 years prior to the fulfillment here. 700 years. I mean, 700 700 years is just a long time. I mean, that's a long time. That's all I I don't, you say, well, how long? It's a long time. I'm talking about at that point, listen, besides God doing it, it'd be hard to track your family tree 700 years. Unless everybody lived to be about 100, you might do it like that. Think about that. 700 years. God said, I'm going to do something that's never been done and will never be done again. Can I say, he specializes in impossible births. There was one birth when he was born of a virgin. But since he rose from the grave, there's been millions and billions of births that have been impossible You say, why it's been impossible? Because we couldn't save ourselves. But thanks be unto God, he's in the birthing business. Think about this for a second. That word prophecy means to tell before. Most of our, everything that we are built on in America is built on a lot of false prophecy. You, You realize that oil prices are based upon what they figure it to be. It's a future thing. They expect, if they expect to be a shortage, they'll, they'll do that. Well, then you will start seeing the prices from that. Politicians, how, how many false prophecies have you heard come out of a politician's mouth? If I become the mayor, we'll change this town. If I get in Congress, I love to read signs when it's political season. I mean, this I laugh or what they bank on, they'll do this, but I mean... We hear it all. They're trying, to, they're trying to tell you before they get there, listen, if you vote for me, I'll do this and I'll do that. We live in a world where, well, listen, we are full up to here of those that never come true. But God don't operate like that. Thank God. Every Listen to me. You know why we ought to think about this? Because it'll help us today. If we look on back on everything God said regarding the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and every single fulfillment of every word to those promises, it will grow our faith in regards to every prophecy that's left of His second coming and every single thing that's left till the book ends in Revelation 22-21. What I'm trying to tell you is If you think about how amazing this is, and there are all kinds of promises. I can't tell that that illustration you gave, but you told that guy with the book about the quarters in Texas. Now, I can remember that. I can't remember all the things, but let me say something. If y'all didn't know it, everything's bigger in Texas. It's a big state. And filling the whole state with quarters or something so many feet deep. And painting a red, painting one side red of a quarter and then randomly dropping down and picking out one quarter of the state is about the odds of all, of just, I don't know how many of just, just eight of the prophecies concerning his first birth. You think about that. You think about all the moving pieces, all the moving parts. I mean, just imagine, think about this for a second. I don't know that we've had this, and I like to do this. Can you imagine, of all the things going on, if we just had one service with every member here? That's every pastor's dream. But you think about it. At one time, you got vacations, you got people that are sick, you got people that are in the hospital, you got people that just aren't wherever they're not supposed to be. We got all kinds of these things. You think about just trying to, for one service at Rocks of Land and Golf, if we get everybody that's on roll here to be in attendance that's what I'm saying we might as well grabbing quarters out of the state of Texas right you think that's just here with 150, 200 people I'm talking about a whole planet all these things that could go awry every single promise was fulfilled you know what we can find right there we can find I can trust him for every single one that's left. I can, fi- I can trust him for every single... I mean, it, listen, God did that. He did it on purpose. If he'd have just said, listen, I'm coming, this is when it's going to be, that'd have been enough because he'd have done it. But he wrote things in a way so that you and, so that man couldn't say, well, that was just an accident. Nobody can say that the birth of Christ was an accident, was something just happened. I mean, you know, all the stars aligned and all this kind of stuff we get in. Hold on a second. It was impossible except with the Lord. And when we think about this right here, what we can see is God is able to fulfill His Word. He has and He will get the rest of it. You and I can rest with no doubt about anything He says going forward. It's going to come to pass. That's, this, is a, this is a good place for us to keep our mind in days of uncertainty because we know a God that's certain to His Word. And lastly on this, we see His prophecy. Prophecy. And there's so much there. You could preach like, we could preach the rest. We could preach next year. We could preach till Jesus comes whenever it is and still not get everything. I mean, I wish I'm very poor. I wish I could see, I mean, uh, even using this church illustration, I mean, just how many different things in your, just think about your life trying to get your family together at Christmas. Think of Thanksgiving. Well, so-and-so can't be there. they got to work. I mean, there's all kinds of these things. I mean, it's unbelievable the things we do to try to organize. And God's got the whole world going that way. All we sheep like have gone astray. Everybody's going their own ways and all these things. But God's purpose and God's plan is never faltered by man. He's in total control. Man, I mean, that ought to make us want to just hold to this Bible and say, Lord, hey, help me. Hey, I want to start praying, help thou my unbelief. I need more faith in his word. But I like this. I was going to use the point about God's person. May I say something to you? If this would have been my point, it would have been there when he said he called his name Jesus, and I was just going to say it's all about Jesus. That's a good point. That's what this whole thing's about. It's what Christmas is about. It's, let me say something. It's what eternity's about. It's about him. It's what forever is about. It's about Jesus. But last you look at verse number 23, I like this. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What we see here and we can think about and remember is God's presence. Man, I'm so glad. Start to bubble up inside. I feel good on this. I'm glad that he came. Listen, I wasn't here when he came. Judy, I wasn't here when he was born of a virgin. I wasn't here when he dwelt. Among men, I wasn't here when he walked all those places you've got to see, Tom. I wasn't there when he broke bread. I wasn't there, with all, I wasn't there when he got up and he said this same Jesus who you see. He's going." To come. I wasn't there for any of that. I wasn't around him, man. But thank God, I've never not been around. He is with me. I and mean, may I say something to you? He came here to save us so that we could always be with him. God's desire from the beginning. before they, God has always desired to fellowship and be with men. His presence. I mean, and he wants us to see that. You can see it in Genesis when he was walking in the garden of the cool of the day. You know, he wasn't there walking alone. He was there walking with Adam all those days. but They didn't show up. Think about the tabernacle. Sometimes some of the hard reading. Listen, hey, stay at it and read through it. Listen to me. Stay at it and read through it. I know it's hard. I've been there. 50, over 50 chapters are to the tabernacle, and some of them is a, is, a, is a thing of, well, this board was made of gold, it go on and on. Let me say something to you. Can I say all of those things? You know what God was trying to show us? He wanted to dwell among men. All of that tabernacle was God wanted to be the center of their lives. That's what he wanted He wanted to be with them. He came here on this earth, bled and died so that he could dwell with us. And may I say something to you? When you got born again, guess what? He got a new home. I'm talking about when you got sealed to the Spirit. Colossians says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm talking about He, he indwells us. But think about this. I'm glad for this. He fulfilled all these His purposes, but I'm thankful, Tom, that He's still with us. Hebrews 13, 5. Listen, you ought You ought to have this memorized, marked, highlighted, circled. If you don't, you get it right now. If you ain't got a pen, stand up. Hey, Someone will give you a pen. Write this down. It's important. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Friend, listen, we got the promise he'll never leave us. Read that backwards. It says the same thing as it does frontwards. I'll read it for you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, thee forsake nor thee leave never will I. Either way you want to read it, it's a good promise. What I'm trying to tell you is he's with us. I'm so glad he's with us. Sometimes I've, I listen. Sometimes I can feel his presence. There's times, sometimes I don't feel his presence, but guess what? I have the promise that I know he's still there. Listen, I like when he feels. I like listen. I am not against feelings. But I don't live my life dictated that way. Because I'd be lost most days and I'm saved. But I'm glad in the midst of those dark times, when I can't understand, I don't know what it is. I may not feel Him, but thank God. I'm not go- you Listen, you don't go alone. You don't ride alone. You don't go through the storm alone. I'm talking about if you're saved, listen, He is with you. We ought to think about that. I mean, he came for this purpose, but I see that and it said God with us. I'm so glad because of what he did at Calvary. He's with us. I mean, the Lord's all throughout the earth. But this is a promised presence to his people. No matter what you're facing, whether the good days or the bad days. He said, I ain't turning my back. That's what forsake means. Turn your back too. We're in a world, listen... I will do anything you want me to do until the moment that you stop doing what I want you to do and they'll turn from you. We'll be best friends as long as things are going my way, but if you don't agree with me, you know what? It's going, Tom. That's the world we're in. That's that's how, how... And you know what? He ain't never done me wrong. You know who's always in the wrong time? It's me, Tom. He ain't never left me. He ain't never done anything wrong to me. Guess what? If I have problems with my relationship, you know whose fault it is? If I had a mirror, I'd hold it up and I'd say, here's whose fault it is with your relationship with the Lord. He ain't never failed me. But he doesn't, you know what he don't do? He don't say, that's it, Josh. You done messed it up now, go on. He don't say, I'm done with you. You, just, you figure this thing out yourself. That ain't what he said. No, he said he'll never leave me. Never forsake me. I, I'm holding the promise. Listen, I've done some terrible things, but I'm glad that, hey, he'll never leave me. Never forsake. You can't mess it up bad enough. You might mess up bad enough he'll take you home, but he ain't going to leave you as long as you're here. We ought to think about that. Judy, you come on. I'm done. That's my last point. Listen to me, friends. When we look at this story of Christmas, I know we it's Christmas time. We're going to preach about Christmas. But that, listen, let me say something. That ain't the only time you hear that Christ's been born of a virgin in this church. So we're going to preach it all year long. That ain't the only time they're going to hear that he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. Let me say something to you. If that bothers you, you're going to have to find another church but we're going to still preach at. This is essential part of everything that goes on here. But I want to say, as we're around this time, I love Christmas. Now, one thing, I love Christmas more: My son's born on Christmas. I mean, you know what we did the night he was born? We skipped two dinners. Because I thought, when her water broke, that we immediately had to go to the hospital. We could have ate. And my parents beat us there. And that little fella didn't want to come out. All evening and all. Middle of the night. getting ready to get around midnight. That doctor come in and said, she didn't ask us. She said, we're going to take your C-section here in about an hour. She was ready to go to Christmas too. That's what she was saying. No I'll, I'll never forget. I mean I'll never forget that as long as I live. When I think about my son being born, I'm thankful, some 2,000 years ago, in a place I ain't never been yet, but I'm going to be there one day, mark it down. I'm, listen, I may not make it on this side of the rapture, but I'm going to get there, Tom. I've already read about it. I'm going to be coming back with him I'm going to see that place But some 2,000 years ago. He didn't even have no room in the hotel. Was born our Savior. That's what Christmas is about. God's purpose is all marked in. You say, Why did He came? Why did He leave the ivory palaces of heaven? Why did He travel? You know what? They can't figure out how far space is. They can't figure out. We have no idea how far heaven is from this place. But however far that is, He came that far with the purpose. To save you and I. To save every woman, man, boy, girl. Let me say something to you. Whether you're poor or you're rich, Jesus died to save you. Whether, whether, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the language you speak, no matter the country that you're in, whether it's free or whether it's not free, may I say, hey, Jesus died for all men. And if you're here tonight and you're lost, he died for you. You can get saved. That's what this thing's about. That's why we're sitting here today. It's because Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures and was buried. And on the third day, rose again according to the scriptures. Ain't nobody ever been born like he was born. Nobody ever lived like he lived. Bless God. Nobody ever died like he died. And let me tell you something. Ain't nobody ever got up like he got up. But church, listen, we ought to rejoice in this time. Take on, I mean, just take it in. I, I enjoy court. They, they, they do all, she does all the things with the kids. They go through, I, I think it's wonderful. Listen, I, if I die today and I'm not there the rest of my life to raise my kids, I want my kids to know what Christmas is about. I want them, that's more important. I like giving gifts, I love doing those things. I mean, I'm excited. But I want them to know the main reason of this life. And it's Jesus, and it's Him. That's what I want them to know, and I'm thankful for that. And friends, we ought to get our minds on that. It'll take some time. I know. I, I know. Last week, I mean, I just I beat myself all week. I wanted to preach some happy last week, and I couldn't. But I want to say there is all kinds of things you can get your mind on. We ought to be intentional and make our minds think about this story, think about Jesus. I'm telling you what, it'll help you today something 2,000 years ago still help us, Tom, today. As we stand, as Jerry gets us a song tonight, this altar's open for you. You got a need tonight, won't you come? God loves you, God cares about you. If you're lost tonight, you got to come tonight and get saved. What do you have, Jerry?